Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Few federal management challenges are as vexing as how to deal with whistleblowers. For whistleblowers, things can be even tougher. They face retaliation and job loss. Now to mark the 30th anniversary of the Whistleblower Protection Act, the Project on Government Oversight, or POGO, has teamed with Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility and the Government Accountability Project to produce a new survival guide for whistleblowers. Here with highlights, POGO Executive Director Danielle Bryan. Ms. Bryan, good to have you on. Thank you for having me. First of all, let's talk about the state of whistleblower retaliation and that whole complex of topics. Have things actually improved in 30 years? Well, I would have to say yes, a lot in, in some ways, but there's still so much uh, farther we still need to go. Uh, since then, probably the biggest change has been the Whistleblower Protection Enhancement Act, which really helped to ensure that um, it was, there was more clarity on um, what disclosures are protected. But we still have entire um, sec- sectors of the federal workforce that are not protected, and federal employees still don't have the kind of rights that private sector whistleblowers have, for example, being able to go to jury trials. Plus, as you mentioned, there's a large body of federal employees that don't have this protection, principally in defense and national security. Particularly in the intelligence community. So defense, you know, it all gets divided up. Your audience is a bunch of Uh, people in the federal bureaucracy so they understand this. Uh, But what we have is some parts of some agencies are protected and others are not. And that's one of the biggest problems is it's it's really a patchwork. Uh, And so one of the things we created on our website was a if you think you're a whistleblower and you go through the different channels, it's at pogo.org slash prepare, it helps you understand which kinds of protections you may or may not have. It's actually impossible to explain in, in one sitting all the different types of protections you do or do not have. It's a little surprising that things aren't still easier and more comprehensive, given that this has had pretty much bipartisan support for all these years. There's no question it's been one of the sort of strongholds of bipartisanship. And you're right, but you know, laws are um, set by certain authorities in different committees, and so you have certain authorities that are provided to certain sectors, and that's what continues to be our problem. Sure. And before we get to the book, I mean, what would you say would be the greatest benefit to would-be whistleblowers at this point in history? I think the greatest benefit is we've sort of turned the tide from the perception that whistleblowers are snitches or rats to really, I think, a much better public embracing of the notion that these are truth tellers who are trying to protect health and safety. We've always had policymakers in Capitol Hill who have recognized that, but I think the broader public has really become much more aware of that fact as well, too. And in fact, Pogo's own work, I imagine, over the decades has relied, at least in part, on whistleblower revelations. Oh, absolutely. We were actually created by whistleblowers in 1981, Pentagon whistleblowers, who wanted an organization that would help to expose wrongdoing inside that agency, but protect the identity of the sources of the information so that they wouldn't suffer the retaliation that was, at that point in 1981, sort of certain. And I guess it's important to keep pushing because people like Chuck Grassley won't live forever. That's true. But, you know, we do have new generations of allies for whistleblowers. For example, Mark Meadows has continued to be, um, you know, a really strong ally for whistleblowers on the Republican side. So I think that we're always going to see that kind of support. Um, It is just that the laws are still not up to date when it comes to the federal employees. And one of the things that's also 
uh, important in addition to so our our website in addition to having that you know uh, guide that helps you figure out which kinds of laws you might need, we have an e course that's an eight week e course that you can sign up for uh, that helps to distill the book down. Uh, so that's one of the different resources that we're providing so that people in the federal workforce can get a better sense of what their protections are or are not. We're speaking with Danielle Bryan, Executive Director of the Project on Government Oversight. And tell us about this new book that is out. Well, this is actually a, a modernization of a book that, that Pogo and Gap and Peer collaborated on quite a many, so many years ago that it really didn't deal with things like email yet, and certainly not questions of encryption. Uh, and so, and the laws, of course, have also changed. So we needed to totally revamp the book based on sort of modern circumstances. And I have to say, it's it's much more beautiful this time too. We have some gorgeous artwork in it as well. And it's called "Caught Between Conscience and Career: Expose Abuse Without Exposing Your Identity." So we have hard cop, uh, you know, paper copies available, uh, but we also have it as a downloadable resource on the website at pogo.org/prepare. And that raises a question because, as I understand it, a whistleblower's first line of whistleblowing, too, would be their immediate supervisor. But yet, if you want to do it anonymously, what happens? Or am I wrong about that's their first recourse? No, you're right. And in fact, that was one of the sort of crazy um, weaknesses in the law that we had to work to fix was, of course, you want to have uh, internal channels that are safe. And and that was one of the strengths of the Whistleblower Protection Enhancement Act and was still not available to uh, the intelligence community whistleblowers. Um, but we agree that that is certainly what we what we should have for every federal employee. So if you if for example your uh, uh, supervisor is part of the problem or is unresponsive or is likely to be retaliating, we need to create systems in place where people can uh, safely reveal the wrongdoing and be able to keep their jobs. And those are the kinds of things we help people think through navigating. Given this body of knowledge over these 30, 40 years, really, that you have been following whistleblowers, you and the other organizations, what do we know about them as people? I mean, do we have trends in, say, what gender they are or what types of things they blow the whistle on? I don't know that there's been a scientific study on that, but having having myself been here for, I think, over 30 years, what I find anecdotally would be that what typically turns into a person who who blows the whistle is someone who is often sort of a center or center-right person who sees sort of the world in a more black and white way and say, this is right or this is wrong, and when it's wrong, I'm going to do something about it. And um, other than that, it's kind of difficult to pin it down because it's people from every level of seniority. And uh, I guess to some extent, it tends to be people who are mid-career, not usually early career people. What about the key TAM provisions in certain types of financial whistleblowing? I, I imagine that's been a pretty good impetus over the years. That was you know, one of the strengths of Senator Grassley's contributions to this uh, field of laws, is that it did finally create, in some circumstances, an actual incentive to be a whistleblower. In in most cases, for federal employees, the only incentive is your uh, your conscience. Uh, but so the Key Tam Act, and then a number of other laws that generally surround the uh, financial sector and SEC specifically, do provide these actual financial incentives as well, which we think is terrific. We should point out that key TAM means that the whistleblower gets a share of recoveries that the government might eventually get, say, in tax fraud or that type of case. 
And there's a pretty interesting piece of advice here, I guess, in Chapter 2. It says, check to see who, if anyone, will support your account. Seek out potential allies before your situation heats up, which means that maybe a whistleblower isn't necessarily alone all the time. That's really one of the important elements that um, because so many of us had so many years' experience, we've seen what works and doesn't work for people as they go through this process. And uh, it is extremely helpful for that person inside the system to have a sense of are there other people who are also troubled by these circumstances? Will they provide some sort of testimony or help back up the whistleblower if if Congress or other people want to sort of help to uh, provide more evidence to prove the wrongdoing. And for those federal employees that are part of some of the big unions, have the unions been helpful to whistleblowers that feel retaliated against? I think that in general, the uh, the unions for the federal employees have been certainly supportive of pa- uh, increasing the protections for these laws, but they haven't necessarily made this a focus of their litigation. And that's why there are Uh, organizations like the Government Accountability Project and Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility, who are our co-authors in this book that actually represent whistleblowers. That's their specialty. Also some some private sector law firms as well. And now that this book is out, will you be signing them at Politics and Prose? (laughs) We're giving it away for free, so I don't think we can find any for-profit bookstores that would be willing to let us do that. Danielle Bryan is executive director of the Project on Government Oversight. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Still to come on Federal News Radio, now is the time for all good career staff to step up and help out the Homeland Security Department. But first, NASA teams up with academics to revolutionize the design of flying structures. It's the Federal Drive with Tom Temin. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.